Good afternoon and welcome to Open Air with Sherry Huber. Good afternoon, Sherry. Good afternoon, Michael. Great to be here practicing. It is, isn't it? Yes, it's uh, always a pleasure. So it's a lifeline. (laughs) (laughs) It is indeed. Yeah. Yeah, we're very, yeah, yeah. I've noticed there's a lot of change going on for me, and so it's just, you know, it's even more of a lifeline than usual, and especially recording and listening to bring me back here. It's fabulous. Yes, yes. And I've been looking at that a lot lately, Michael. The, the, the tendency that we have as conditioned human beings to go along whenever you, there isn't a problem, Yes. You know, I mean, just little problems, but there's not really a problem. Yes. And, and then something big happens, and, of course, we're, we're not really tuned up for it because <laughs> we haven't been practicing like uh, some, that there's something for us to practice for. Yes. So if we always practice as if there's something for us to practice for, then the thing that I, I find so fascinating about it is not only am I tuned up for the rough spots when they hit, but I enjoy the little things so much more. Mm. There's yeah. no, just no downside to it. Yes. Yeah. It's fabulous. Fabulous. Mm-hmm. And I have an announcement here. Well, I'd like to hear it. Okay, good. If you're already meditating in the morning or wish to start, enjoy the extra support of meditating with Sangha with virtual meditation groups. The 30-minute conference call meditation sessions happen seven days a week. And for a complete schedule and for other practice opportunities, visit livingcompassion.org. All right. Yes, and a few reminders for today's show. If you'd like to get in the queue to talk with Sherry, please press star six and then one to make a show. And a conversation on one topic in about five minutes would be great. Okay, Sherry, I think we're ready here. All right. First, Paul, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Oh, hi, Michael. Hi, Sherry. It's Todd calling uh, in Kelowna, British Columbia. Hey, Todd. Well, hello, Todd. Hi, neighbor. Hi, neighbor. <laughs> oh, we're so close yet so far. I know. I know. I hope it's not going to be long till we can yeah. be... In person. Well, some of you can be headed over the water to us. I, I don't know. I still, you know, I hope it's not going to be too long before I get to make that trek in the other direction because yeah. I love where you are over there. But it's we'll a, see. It's a pretty area. It's a stunning, oh. gorgeous area. Yeah, we yeah. both, we, we, we both oh. cannot complain about the beauty of our oh. uh, our. Our locales. Yeah. I'm very blessed. I'm very blessed. I'm in the interior, but I'm among three big lakes and orchards and uh, wineries and uh, vineyards and uh, foothills. It's just stunning. Well, you know, when British Columbia chose for their license plate, beautiful British Columbia, somebody <laughs> had been actually looking around. <laughs> somebody did a little research. <laughs> yeah, they knew whereof they were speaking. <laughs> They knew of where they were yeah. speaking. Beautiful British Columbia. That's a good call. Yeah, yeah. So um, just showing up and participating, um, nothing particular specific. Um, however, just very, very grateful and uh, loving the Socratic email class and the year-long retreat. And um, They're a good combo, aren't they? They're a great combo. They just complement each other so much. There's kind of a lot of interweaving of of, uh, processes and uh, Sangha sharing their experiences, which I uh, really uh, can relate to and uh, resonate with me. And and all the guidance from you and Ashwini is just so helpful because uh, I was saying on a reflective listening buddy call the other night that I I would send in uh, my response to the Socratic email class and then I would get a different place to look. And so often uh, 
the guide would uh, parse out what is ego and what is life, and I and many times I don't see that because it's either too subtle or or egos um, blocking that ability to see it. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is subtle. It is. Yeah, yeah. It, re- it really is. It's um, it's why we often go back to remember the um, John Nash in A Beautiful Mind. Yes. Um, and, and of course, that, was that, that whole movie, uh, that whole story was based on, on how difficult and for most people completely impossible it is to get beyond what their mind is doing. Yeah. And, because and, and, yeah. It, it's our only reality, right? It's right. creating the reality that we're living in Yes. What part of it isn't real? Right. And believing the mind is them is such a, I mean, that is just all of practices, how we can uh, look at ego rather than seeing through ego. Yes. It's, yeah. it's everything, isn't it? It is everything. Yeah. Yeah. It is everything. Stepping back, stepping back and watching it. And that's why I, I am so appreciating this current focus that we have of just notice. Now, you know, obviously we're in awareness practice, so uh, paying attention and practicing awareness has always been a big deal. But there hasn't been this kind of focus on, no, 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 (laughs) no action, no action needed. Just just watch it, just notice. And to do that with the mind is, is, it's really, it's, it's big, it's fascinating. And the, the place I know that, that, uh, that you know this too, but uh, when, we're, when we're sitting in meditation and the counting, uh, the, the Zen practice of counting from one to ten, that's what that enables us to do. Yes. The mind is doing what the mind is doing and our focusing on the counting keeps the attention present enough that what the mind is doing is, is available in expanded awareness uh-huh. But we're not going with it. He's <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, such a great point. We're, we're, well, yeah, yeah, I love that. It's, we're, we're, we can watch it in expanded awareness, but we're not going with it. Yeah. Which takes a yeah. lot of practice. It's not just, I, I'll attest to That's it. right. <laughs> that's right. It's not just me and the mind. Right. You know, us as a little team going through life. Yeah. It, because that's when it gets so tricky to do what you just said, to look at it instead of to look through it. Because yeah. when I'm looking through ego eyes, I'm seeing ego reality. Yeah. And trying to look through ego eyes and see ego, no. that's a tall order. <laughs> yeah, that's hidden in plain sight. Exactly. Exactly yeah. so. Yeah. 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 So, so one of the things that I'm, I'm enjoying uh, most about we're kind of especially where we are with the Socratic email class, I think, God, I don't keep track of too much of this, but because I have no mind, <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it is the, that, that thing about ego is always telling us the truth, yes. but it tells it to us in a way that makes us go to exactly the opposite place, yeah. right? So yeah. it says it, it, it just lays everything right out there, yeah. but it doesn't present it in a way that we go, oh, that's right, oh, you're right. Yes, I can see that's what I need to do. In mm-hmm. fact, it just we're trained to let it take us down some obscure byway <laughs> and and then get completely lost and confused oh love it obscure byway what a, what a brilliant image I, I just see yeah 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 that's perfect mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. and and I really appreciate what you said earlier when you and Mike were talking about um, uh, we practice you know uh, we, uh, you know, talk, we get challenging times in undulations, and then we get the, you know, calm and kind of more centered and peaceful times, and then we get to really enjoy those 
because we're still practicing as hard as we would be yes. or as diligent we would be for the really challenging times. And that's been my experience over yes. the last two or three years. With, with the pandemic, I've had some health issues. I've had some financial issues. I've had some um, uh, resident issues. And, and, and all that training or all that practice has allowed me to, to ride those undulations with, with um, I, I, all I dropped in right now was with, with grace. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, and Grace is a great companion on any journey. <laughs> if, we, if we want, if we want to know who we want to have in the boat with us, yeah. it's Grace. Oh, yeah. absolutely. So, it's Grace. yeah, because uh, it, and that it, it really is so important, isn't it, Todd? Because mm-hmm. what we're meant to do when things are easy and going well, that's time to snooze. Yes. You know, just absolutely. relax and. But yeah. ego's version of relaxation is go to sleep, stop paying attention, yeah. nothing's happening here, right? Yeah. And so that to take that as a time of life is really pleasant now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to miss a second of this because it's not always this pleasant. So <laughs> I, I want to be right here for every breath of this. And then when it gets difficult, okay, yeah. well, that's fair enough. Um, you know, it's been really glorious for a while, and now we're yeah. going to slip into the bottom of that undulation and yeah. uh, and have that experience for a while. And I don't want to miss that either. Yeah. And if I'm really attuned to to presence, to life, living in gratitude for being alive, which is no small thing, then yeah. um, okay, this this is more challenging. This is more difficult. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. In grace. In grace, and in grace, and in, in grace equals the mentor or, or life or the intelligence that yeah. animates. And and the final thing I want to say is, for me, and I I've heard it expressed by by you and Ashwini and Sangha is, recording and listening really for for me is is, is the foundation of, oh. of, of breaking that um, that bond between yeah. egocentric consciousness self hate and and the being and and having that that uh, conscious compassion awareness that unconditional love to go through the hard times with, and that's what I was just, you know, using all those, you know, I've done a lot of the recording listening classes and I, and I record and listen every day uh, quite diligently and it got me through the really, really dark low times when I had someone who loved me unconditionally right with me at all times through all that stuff. Yes. It's, it's, uh, and I, I think about this and I know you do too. Uh, I, I truly don't know how people make it through life. <laughs> without that connection. I don't know either. I, 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 I don't. <laughs> I, I, I look at family and friends, and none of them are, are practicing in this uh, tradition, and I just wonder how, how, they, how they get up in the morning and make it through the day. I have no idea. Because yes, even with yes, all the tools we have, Sherry, I still struggle. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, and we don't have to be around people for very long or very often to know that really, really good people are suffering and struggling mightily every single day. And the sadness for people like us, of course, is to know that they don't have to, that there's a way not to do that. And you just give anything to, to, uh, to give it to them. (laughs) You know, if you could just wrap it up, put a bow on it, hand it to them and say, here, here's the mentor. This is unconditional love there. There's the relationship you've always wished for. Yeah. Um, now you have all the support that you've always wanted, yeah. everything that you need, you're set. Yeah. You can be happy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just, just quickly because I want other callers to get on, but what, what dropped in was one of the early assignments this year was uh, talking about recording listening and the mentor, the relationship, and it says we have to become our own best friend, and that just... That nailed it right there. Yes. yes. I love that. We have yeah. to become our it's own. It's a requirement. <laughs> it's a requirement. And it can, oh, what my experience is it can really only be done through recording and listening and, and building that oh. with the mentor. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because, and uh, again, quickly, but we'll yeah. be as quick as we can, Todd. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. The, the, the thing is, you know, your best friend is somebody else. Right. right, and that's the magic of the relationship with the mentor. 
Yes. It feels like it's somebody else. It totally And does. so you have somebody there that you talk to, and they talk to you. Yeah, it's you very a... different. Yeah, very it's different. very different from just walking around trying to talk to yourself in your own head. It, it, <laughs> right. it doesn't work. Right? No, that's so true. It doesn't work. It's and, why and people have... talk to God. It's why yeah. people pray, right? Mm-hmm. Because you want something outside that feels outside uh, to be in relationship with. And that's yeah. what this provides. And then, of course, the yeah. realization, as people get to with a relationship with what their word, God, um, is that it's not outside at all. It's all happening inside, but it doesn't feel like that until it does. Right, right. Well, yeah. uh, there aren't words to express the amount of appreciation and gratitude I have for this practice, Sherry, you, yourself, and Ashwini, and all of Sangha. So, Thank you, thank you, thank you again for everything. And um, I tell you, it has thank saved my you, life God. a thousand times over. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Hopefully, hopefully we All can right. see you soon good in night. person. Okay, good night. Yes, I'd love that. I would All too. Right. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, Michael. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us, Todd. And I will say amen to all of that, Sherry. Great conversation mm. there. Yeah. Mm. And sure, we're going to yeah, go. It, oh, sorry. Go ahead. But I just, I just, yeah, I just said one other thing about that. That that thing that I was just looking at with other other people, and that that's it, that's such a um, it's such a source of gratitude uh, that that not only does a way out of suffering exist, but we know it. Mm. We we can do it. We can practice it, and to see. How, how that's not available to so many people who, who are as deserving of a good, kind, and loving life as we are. But for whatever reason, we have, we have the opportunity, and they haven't yet found it. So, yeah. Where were you going? Well, just quickly in response to that, what I've heard you say, and it's my experience that it's kind of like we all know the right answer. You know, it's presence and gratitude and joy and love. But without a detailed map to get from my bottom of the well situation to that, you know, it's really another reason for self-hate to beat me up. And I feel like this practice is that detailed map. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And that's that's really... Uh, clearly and beautifully stated that that is what it is. I'm going to use that image and don't expect me to credit you, okay? Because I <laughs> probably won't. But you and I will know that that's where I got it. Just between mm-hmm. us. Just between us, yeah. Okay, so we're going to go to Good News Update, Sherry, and then we'll come back and talk with more callers. All right. Okay, Jen, I'm turning it over to you for a good news update. All right. Thank you, Michael. You're welcome. And welcome to Good News Updates with Living Compassion. I'm pleased to be joined this afternoon by Nancy, who is here to speak with us about participating in the recent The Gift of Engagement offering. Welcome, Nancy. Hey, thank you. And thank you for this opportunity. It really is a great opportunity to talk about this. Thank you. Yeah, because they're... I, I was looking at it before before the call, and there are really two components to it. So I know that the um, participating in the class really supported you to, um, you know, continue with some some endeavors and to start some endeavors that you'd really been wanting to do to support the planet. I, so maybe you could I, tell us both yeah. a little bit about how the class supported you to do that, and also about the endeavors themselves. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, this opportunity gave me a chance to go back through my recordings of that class, and it just kind of brought oh, it all fun. back to the present here. So I love it. Ooh. And That's um, a great reminder right there, just in terms of what the recording and listening topic that was just being talked about, yeah, how it brings it all right back, right, going yeah. back to the class and, oh, yeah, that's right. And, yeah. mm-hmm. Exactly. And what I saw during that class was that 
my relationship with, you know, land and nature, it really began at the monastery many, many years ago. Mm. It was the first time, mm-hmm. basically, I had been out for so long in nature and been, you know, opened mm. my eyes to the beauty, beauty of it and, and the interconnectedness of everything. So that happened. And then the coaching class, um, I could see that I'd been building on that awareness I had at the monastery year by year, really. You know, it, oh, it just uh, brought me back to the monastery days and how I began that appreciation of, oh. of every, all nature. Yeah. Oh, and What a lovely connection, especially at this yeah. time as we were you know, saying goodbye to that property. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, well, and without the practice, of course, I'm not sure um, I would ever have gotten to that place. Um, mm. And I, I was looking at it today, and if I could put it into words, um, it was like as I began to ignore the conditioning with all its yammering or yammering about everything, and mm-hmm. I, I just totally learned to love myself more and more, and mm. then w- that love kind of spilled over, you know, and out into mm-hmm. the universe and to everyone mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. And I could, yeah. I could really feel that love, and um, mm. with everything I, you know, with people, and definitely with uh, with everything that um, is supporting me in this environment of being on this mm-hmm. earth. Yeah, mm-hmm. truly. And that is literally the gift of engagement that, I mean, so beautifully stated the way you just said that, because it, that's exactly what it feels like practice does for us. Mm-hmm. Practice is not a doing. Practice is, in a sense, an undoing. We get out of that conversation, out of that self-hatred. And what comes from that is a deep care for, you know, this human being that we are and a care for everything around us. And that engagement with everything around us fosters that unconditional love and that desire to take care of everything not because we should but because we want to because we fall in love with everything around us yeah yes absolutely and then it's kind of like one thing led to the other um after um sherry's recommend recommendation about the kiss the ground then Mm -hmm. i started reading uh braided sweetgrass and I found mm. another documentary. I think it's called um, Fantastic. How do you say it? Fungi or fungi? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know either, but yes, I'm right with you. Fantastic yeah. fungi, or yeah. Uh-huh. It just kind of opened my eyes um, about climate change, and you know, the plight of the yeah. the trees and the flowers and the soil yeah. and the food supply. You know. Yeah. And yeah. and also having grandchildren, of course, it. You know, mm, it made sure. it made taking action even more important. You know, for me. Yeah. So yes. you know, I kept questioning myself: How can I help? How can I help? <laughs> you know, uh-huh. what can yeah. I do to to help this? How uh, can you participate? Well, yep. Yeah. So then, and, of course, mm-hmm. the mom. Go ahead. No, I was just exactly. I was going to have the exact same place. I know you actually have some concrete ways you've been working with it. Yeah. Well, but, but it's interesting that this all happened as the monastery was transitioning too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it just was, and also at that time we were also making a move into a place where we could have a garden and mm-hmm. just be more in nature because there's a mm-hmm. lot of very large trees in, in our yard <laughs> or mm-hmm. right beyond our um, so as, you know, Sherry began her blog and her foray into the Northwest, <laughs> it was mm-hmm. like, we became like personal students, you know, uh, and yeah, I yeah. began to hear different ways that we could become, you know, stewards. Yep. So I, ha- I have, uh, you know, I can tell you the ones that really, really uh, stood out for me in um, the first, of course, was planting a garden, and we haven't been able to do that for a while. And then Sherry recommended Below Me, and that just totally got me excited. So I bought a Lomi, and now we're feeding the soil, which needs help, with the compost that comes from the Lomi. And 
Sherry talked about diatomaceous earth. Well, we had some slugs in our garden, so Mark went out and got some diatomaceous earth, you know, and we're using that. And we have a whole bank of native plants that actually came with our property, which we're very excited about and because it's attracting, um, you know, lots of uh, um, butterflies and bees and, um, you know, we're, we're cultivating birds. We want the birds to come. Um, and also um, mason bees. I, we have now a home for some mason bees, and they just arrived this week. And um, I'm, I'm hoping that, that they will find our home one that they want to stay in. <laughs> So that's, that has been totally exciting for me. And um, the last one was right before the coaching class, I found out about a program called Million Tree Project. And our county is modeling it after a Seattle program where uh, volunteers go out and collect little seedlings or the little seeds that come from the fir trees. And then they preserve them and they distribute them to other volunteers who kind of foster them or adopt them for two or three years, uh, probably two years, until they're big enough to go back to this, uh, this um, organization. And then more volunteers go out and plant them in places that need, that, you know, that they've been um, depleted of trees or, you know, parks that need trees, that kind of thing. And I have, you know, I, it's like after the, the class, I thought it, that really encouraged me to go for it. And so I ordered the seeds, the plants, uh, the little seeds came and we planted them recently. Um, and, um, and we'll see if we can get some fir trees to grow. It's all an experiment. <laughs> So, yeah, so all of these little little things just, you know, put me into activity, put us both into activity so that, you know, we're, we feel like we're doing something now, however small it is, you know, for our little environment here. Um, we're hoping that, you know, we, we feel like we're doing something. Yeah. So I have so much appreciation for... Um, all, all that I've learned, you know, and practiced to get me to this point um, so that I can, um, you know, be in an, an activity this way. Hey, Nancy? Yes? I think we've lost Jen temporarily. Okay. Um, hold on one sec. Let me see if I can get her back in the queue here. Sure. Okay, Jen, are you back there? I am back. And Michael and Nancy, I will tell you that that is one of the most odd experiences I've had because I could hear every word Nancy was saying. And I'm going along and I'm umming and aahing and asking her questions and she's just <laughs> continuing to talk. So thank you for that beautiful description, Nancy. And I apologize that I wasn't able to hold up my side of the conversation. <laughs> I had a feeling you had gone. <laughs> yeah, but it, but it truly was. It was absolutely fabulous. And I, I, that last piece that you were saying, I forget exactly how you said it, but, oh, it's all an experiment. And right. that the support of practice is what allows us to really stay with it and to you know, who knows which pieces are going to, quote, work and which won't. And, but that with the support of practice and each other and doing this together, it's all a huge adventure. Yes, and I keep thinking of, you know, braided sweet grass and her talk about, you know, reciprocity. And, you know, I'm sitting out in my garden right now and just enjoying the beauty of, of all the trees and the beautiful flowers. And it's like, yes. I want to give back. I truly want yeah, to give back truly. as much as we can. Yeah. Truly, truly. Oh, and and it will be amazing. This went by. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead. Perfect. Well, I just wanted to point people towards um, Sherry's blog, as you say, especially 
you know, I don't, I can't remember exactly when it started, but anyway, go, go back to it, look at it and, you know, go to the early posts because some of the Lomi that you, Lomi that you um, talked about, which is a sort of mm-hmm. inside the kitchen composter, she describes that, um, braiding sweetgrass, kiss the ground, all these different things that those of us who have been keeping up along with and have read and watched and used these things, there's really a lot of fun content in there along with the process of how to really engage with this extraordinary planet that we live on yeah. when we're here in form. Yeah. And I am truly, yeah. you know, it's like I get so excited about talking about all this now. Uh, I, I started a garden club in our community and we're passing along oh, ideas and that's a neighbor had given me those mason bees and you know it's like yay you know we have uh we have a little community yeah. that's trying to do the, the right thing here with the with the environment oh, so great. that's lovely and that reminds me of the last thing nancy that i was looking at as you were talking about all this is it just so reminds me how fun it is and i think we talked about this when we first knew that we'd be making that move to squim and that you know this mm-hmm. is the direction that we were all headed in is that it's so fun to do this with Sangha, to have these, you know, group coaching sessions and and different opportunities that I just know all these resources we can share together and we can get together and talk about the process around it and what we're seeing and because that's really at the heart of all of it. It's what you started with, you know. There's a million content things we can all do. But that process of learning to let go self-hate and live outside the conditioned conversation, I mean, if every single human being on the planet did that tomorrow, we'd be set. We'd be done. (laughs) Because we wouldn't want to make any of these choices that we're making right now. It opens us up to see other, you know, uh, rather than me being the center of the universe, I can see the universe, you know. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. So we're uniquely positioned to really participate with all this. It's very Mm -hmm. exciting. Yeah. Right. Well, thank Thank you for being with us, Nancy, and thank you, you and Michael, for your patience with the technology. Always (laughs) always helpful. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being with us. And, Michael, we'll turn it back over to you and Sherry. Wonderful. Thank you, Jen, and thank you, Nancy. And welcome back to Open Air, Sherry, and we have more callers. All right. It was, it, what, what I enjoyed most about, well, I mean, I enjoyed all of it, but what was so fun is that it, 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 I was pretty sure, I'm sure you were pretty sure that Jen was gone, but Nancy is so passionate and so articulate <laughs> that it really didn't matter. You know, there was just she she did she could carry that whole conversation all by herself, uh, and and it was it was beautifully done. So it was very fun. In fact, if it had been more of a back and forth, we probably would have gotten less information. So uh, it might be you know, it might be uh, fortuitous. Who knows? Yes, it reminds or whatever word I want. Yeah. Yes, and it reminds me of you talking recently about uh, listening uh, and enjoying the passion and enthusiasm. Yes. Talking. Yes. 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 Yeah. 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 The, yeah. It's just you kind of just want to go out and find a bee or uh, plant a plant a seedling. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's it's wonderful and to be around Jen's right. You know, to be around that kind of energy because uh, you know we can all. We can all fade when we're left on our own, uh, but with with like-minded, like-hearted people, somebody's going to be that enthusiastic and just buoy us all up and bring us all along. So, great, good. Sangha's good. Yes, and the Buddha was right, you know, Michael. The Buddha was right. The three jewels, and one of them is Sangha. Right? We need each other. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. All right, and we have another caller here. Okay. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi there. My name is Carrington. I am uh, from Maryland in the U.S. And hi. Um, yeah, hi, Sherry. I just I so I just recently hi. encountered your 
um, there's nothing wrong with you. Um, that's the uh-huh. only experience with you, but I found the call and I figured that this is the place to be. Well, welcome. We're glad you're here. <laughs> Great. So um, I do have a specific question. So I have spent like, I would say like the past year or so, like super invested in like personal growth, like personal development, self-improvement, things like that. And then, you know, as I got around to reading your book, um, and the book was, I got into the book, I found it based on like a question I finally asked myself, um, which was like, why do I think there's something wrong with me? Um, And like through that long period of like being super into like personal growth and development, um, I realized that the very voice itself that was telling me that I need to be improved was the very voice that I need to like uproot. And when I realized that, when I realized that like I didn't need to be improved anymore, I didn't need any fixing. Because um, like when I was reading all the books that I was reading, like it was I was doing it all because I wanted to be fixed. I hoped that this next book or this next TED mm. Talk I would watch would be the thing to fix me. Um, but once I realized that I didn't need to be fixed, I like lost all motivation to read or do much of anything in terms of you know the personal growth and development thing. And um, since that realization, I've been finding a sort of balance for myself. But I was wondering what kind of input you might have on that this whole thing. Well, uh, first of all, yay, congratulations. Um, <laughs> and and when you were talking about what happened to you as a result of that realization. I thought, well, now he's now he's a perfect meditator, right? You you realize there's nothing wrong with you. You realize that um, you don't need to be improved because what you authentically are is perfect. And what we all struggle with, of course, is what got added on, right? So here you came into the world and uh, there was a little... Uh, uh, form of perfection, and then uh, in the words, I think it's Miss Manners who was yeah, anyway uh, said, uh, and then we realized we really needed to go to work on him in order to make him fit for society. And so mm-hmm. <laughs> the process of uh, taking a, a perfect little being and and uh, turning it into a socialized um, center of misery began. <laughs> Right? And, and it's, you know, all good people doing the very best they can. I'm sure the people who raised you loved you and, and, and did everything they knew how to help you have the very best life you could possibly have. But we all pass on what was done to us. And that's what, as meditators, we're, we're cleaning up, we're clearing out. Yeah, that's what surprised me a lot, that there was such a voice inside of me. Because I did, at least I, I, I know that I had a really, really great upbringing. Like, I had parents who really loved me. Yeah. Like, there wasn't any, like, anything really that I could trace it back to. Like, um, nope. when I was talking nope. to someone I knew about this, they asked me, so when do you think was the first time you thought something was wrong with you? And nothing came up. And I was just like, okay, so surely that means that, you know, there isn't a voice in there, but... It some you know snuck its way in anyway. <laughs> well, yes, and this this is it, this will just be a place for you to to look, okay? Mm-hmm. But the so <laughs> my, I had an aunt who said we we spend the first two years of a child's life teaching them to walk and talk, and the rest of the time telling them to sit down and shut up. Okay, <laughs> so after you stopped being. Uh, unbearably adorable with everything that you did, the, the process of socialization began, right? And and you started getting disapproval and uh, mm. corrections and negativity, right? And mm. and so that's very painful. And it's a there's a possibility of a loss of love because remember you're just a little tiny person who doesn't know anything about anything, right? And so these very big people on whom your survival depends are unhappy with you. And so you need to figure out how to keep them happy. And the way we figure out how to do that is to anticipate what they're going to do. So we get a voice inside of us that tells us what they're going to say before they have a chance to say it. And that Mm. 
is what becomes self-hatred. When ego gets hold of that process and, and, and develops that sense of being separate from everything else in life, that's, what, that's what's calling the shots. So now, the very thing that uh, was a survival mechanism when you were very little, you're, you, you're, you're required to survive. You're going to have to survive the survival system. And that's, that's what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. This, yeah, this, your book came to me like exactly the right time. Like, because oh, of course it did. Just, I, just, <laughs> I just graduated college and I'm like, basically for all of my deadlines throughout college, I had like really intense anxiety and really intense like self-criticism when I wasn't able to make the mark or yep. wasn't able to perform however I wanted to. And I like try, I tried all these theories and things to like figure out what the source of that suffering was. Um, and I was just really shocked to find out that it was myself, but like it was the, the most peaceful <laughs> realization. And I did, yeah. like I was, during that time of all the theorizing, like I was avoiding like a lot of everything because I was like judging myself for it. And I was just like, if I can't figure this out, then maybe there is something wrong with me. But the second I got to this realization that, oh, I guess there really isn't nothing, there really isn't anything wrong with me. And I started being aware of that voice more so. Um, that's when I started to be like, oh, well, I guess I can do some of the things that I like to do. Or I guess I can just like, oh, because it's not, that's right. not a big it, My life work, I've realized my life work is to divorce myself from any relationship whatsoever with that negative, hateful voice in my head. I need mm-hmm. to learn to redirect my attention to the authentic nature that, you know, people will talk about it as the still small voice or divinity or uh, that which is or all kinds of words for it, but the animating force we direct our attention there to what we we truly are, and that's the work of ending suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's here's my my uh, my hope and my encouragement. Stick around, okay? Because as Michael was saying just a little bit ago, uh, this practice is a detailed map of how to go from suffering to peace and joy. And it's not, it's not based on anything you have to believe. It's way closer to science than it is to religion. That's what Zen is. It's a take those steps and you'll get to where you want to go. But you have to take the steps. And what Sangha is, what it, the group of people is who practice together, is the encouragement for continuing to take those steps. Because it's really hard to do because that voice in your head doesn't want you to. Yeah, it's really important to have a circle of influences who are on the same team because it's just not out here. Like, most people are just not doing this. <laughs> no. Nope. Nope. Mm. <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right. Well, it's great to talk with you. You take good care of yourself, okay? And don't be a stranger. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for spreading this message and helping people. Pleasure. Great pleasure. Mm-hmm. All right. right. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us. And Sherry, I love those conversations about the fundamentals and how things work. They're just fascinating to me. Mm. That it is so scientific. That's what I love about it. It's, again, it's, you know, it's exactly what the Buddha taught. Don't believe me. Don't believe what I say. You, you would never want to do that. But if you, if you do what I'm encouraging you to do, you will come up with the same results that I came up with and you will have those results for yourself because mm-hmm. you walked every step and you got to your destination mm-hmm. all on your own. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. And we have another caller here. All right. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, Sherry and Michael. It's Vanessa in Corvallis. Hi, Vanessa. Well, hello, Vanessa. Hello. Another neighbor. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And it's so What's neat, going too, on? because, well, I, can I just say, it's so neat, too, uh, all my, like, over the last couple of weeks, I've heard so many of my past reflective listening buddies, and it just brings up so much tenderness and um, makes my heart feel very big. Yes, yes, exactly. So much love. Yeah. That's it, Vanessa. If you, with these particular people, you know, if you met them, they're in the, your PTA or at the grocery store or wherever, um, you know, you'd walk past each other and, and you know, you might even have a little judgmental thought about them because of <laughs> how, they, how they looked or what they had on or something they said, right? And then, and then you do something like reflective listening buddies together. And you get to know their heart. Mm-hmm. You get to see their goodness and sweetness and sincerity, right? And mm-hmm. and th- you, you just have to love them. You just have to. There's no choice. No choice. And one of them was from almost 10 years ago. I mean, that's how long it's wow. been going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. What I'm calling about is this process of, you know, my mom passed six months ago and we'd been really mm-hmm. close, yet the the end was really difficult with her Alzheimer's. And mm-hmm. um, I, I had these things, these last things I kind of had to get done. And it was, I just felt like I had this huge barrier. And then I kept telling myself, just wait until it comes, you know, just wait. You know, I, I was, I've been listening to our, our morning calls, and, and then all of a sudden, it just everything happened. And even in the middle of feeling like this is too much, too difficult, it's never going to come together, then 30 seconds later, it's done. Yeah. You know, it's, what's funny to me about that is I always wonder, <coughs> oh, excuse me, if that... That this oh this is too much it's never it's never gonna it's never gonna work it's never gonna come together is kind of an intuition that we have that it's actually coming together we we misread the signals or it's a last ditch effort on ego's part to throw us off whatever it is but I know that experience that you're describing so well it's like no no oh my gosh right and there it is. And it all falls into place. It all comes together, and it's all perfect. It really is. And um, and la- late last week, when I first started, I dug out her box of the most important papers that I had to go through, and I found her process map from her "There's Nothing Wrong with You" retreat in 2005. And I read oh it, of gosh. course. And finally, I mean, I saved it. I hadn't read it before she was alive. But what an interesting insight into yeah. My mom, yeah. and yeah. I, I felt I felt a little bit like I might be violating <laughs> something, but I I, I I was okay with it too. So I, I just well, I just couldn't believe can I, it. Can I ask you about that? Because sure. I would project that what you had an insight into was not your mom, hmm. but that that woman who was your mom as herself. It was a validation of all of her, like, fears and um, things that she, yes. you know, yes. yeah, really worry about. And it, it, it felt yes. so good to see behind that a little bit. Yes. And also, I knew yes. it all already. You know, it wasn't, nothing was really a surprise. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. But you could see it, I, again, I project, you could see it from her perspective mm-hmm. rather than okay. seeing it from your perspective on her. Yes. Subtle, but I suspect that that's what happens in a situation like that. Because our parents, anyone like that, that we have such a a close relationship with, it's hard for us to see them as something not in relationship to us. You know, it's like thinking of your mom as a young girl or, uh, you know, it's like nobody wants to think of their parents having sex. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's just because because they're my mom and dad. That and yet, when we can step back from it, we realize no, they they they're people just like we are, and they have all the same emotions and the same the same everything, same everything, same everything. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate you um, saying that about uh, the the reminder for all of us of um, not to succumb to ego's pressure, urgency, mm. right? But just to wait. When it's time, it'll be easy. If it's hard because it's not yet time. I'm trying to make right. something happen that's not ready, you know, with like birth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not that it's easy. I'm not saying that, but you know what I mean. No. No. I kept and I kept waiting for it to be time. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then that wisdom that drops in that says just just be just wait, just wait. It, it's just wait. And we can't, when we're in that waiting stage, we can't actually even picture what it's going to be like when it all comes together, right? Because it hasn't. We think we know, but when it finally comes together, we, and we can see it in its totality, then, then it's a very... Uh, it, yeah, it's just a very different experience. The letting go. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Take good care of her. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good night. Good night. Thanks for joining us, Vanessa. Another great message there in that conversation, Sherry. Yeah. And, it seems and, to me one life is trying to deliver to us all the time, but it's it's hard it's really hard to it's hard for us to get. Mm. You mean about waiting for the the quote right time for something to Yeah, unfold? well letting Letting life be in charge of life. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're, we're so conditioned to think we're supposed to be doing something. Mm, yes. Yes. And it's not have, passive, right? It's not passive. Yeah. We are doing everything we can do, but we can't make life happen. We can right. participate. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. And we have time for one more caller here, Sherry. All right. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is Deidre from Toronto. Hi, Deidre. Well, hello there. Hi, Sherry. What's going on? Oh, Sherry, I'm home alone for the first time in five years. And (laughs) (laughs) the voices are so mad at me. (laughs) Oh. Oh my goodness gracious! Wow, the voices are yeah. so mad at me. They're torturing me. They're telling me to do things, but thank goodness for the previous caller, so I'm not going to do those things. But I mean, uh-huh. space. Now I have the space, and it's it's yeah. it's they're, they're 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 screaming at me. <laughs> so I thought I'd call in. And and how fortunate that back to another even previous call uh, that you that you can see them. For what they are, instead of believing them and going with them, yeah. Because then you would not be home alone, right? No, I wouldn't You'd be. be no. trapped with them. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And the other part is that I've I've uh, had a you know a, a rough couple of two weeks. It's got some news about a job that I wanted, and I didn't get it, and so I felt down. Not hating myself, just down. And so I was waiting for a moment that I could just, you know, meditate on this and just be down 
and not have to be chasing after the kids or anything. And finally, I get this moment. <laughs> but the voices tell me I'm not allowed to be depressed because I'm a mom now. Oh, wow. Boy, are the voices wrong about that, huh? That's wrong, right? <laughs> okay. yes, yeah. yes, it is. Because it's so, oh, I just, this is one of my points of passion, okay? Uh, you know, so modern parenting is mm-hmm. that when the child is born, it, I think they, they come in with a satin pillow, yeah. Okay, and you and you keep that child on that satin pillow until they they leave home hating you. Okay, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. in that period of time, you repress everything about you, so that you're strong, and so that you're always there for them, and so that you know all this stuff that when we step back and look at it, we think, now do is that how is that the life I want my child to have? No. no. I want no. my child to ha- be fully expressed, to have the whole range of human emotion, to b- be really engaged, to enjoy, to love, to freak out, to <laughs> get depressed, yeah. to be depressed. everything that a human being can experience, right? Be dis- if, you, if you didn't get something you really want, be disappointed. You know, stamp your feet and and flail around and yell at God and what, whatever it is, but have the experience. That's what you want for your children. And so how do they know that's normal? Well, they better see somebody being that way. Yes. Yeah. And, and repression is only like containing it and making it worse. Oh, absolutely, because it's going to spill out. And, and then the way it usually spills out, of course, for parents is... They yell at the kid oh. over probably something that even the kid doesn't understand what, what you're <laughs> yelling at me for, right? It's just I hit the level of stress that I can't repress any longer, and so I'm going to start yelling, right? And, and it's, so, it's just so sad and unfair to everybody when by just simply authentically being who you are, not blaming, not... You know, none of that. It's not that. But when you're upset, you just say, gosh, I am so upset. You know, I just want to scream and yell and cry. I think I will. Okay, everybody, mm-hmm. if you don't want to have to go through this with me, go in the other room. But if you have anything you want to scream and yell and cry about, come on, let's have a scream, yell, cry party. Mm-hmm. I have to give my myself permission to, to express. Yeah. For That's them, not exactly only me. Right. As, and and here, let me let me put it in the in the really important form. It's what you need to do as a good mother. Uh, yeah. Because right. yeah, we'll do anything. Right. <laughs> if yeah. that's the explanation or the description of a good parent, we want to do it. Right? But sadly, the information about how to be a good parent is to be repressed and to make everything about the child and to try to make sure the child never has an unpleasant or difficult experience in their whole life. Well, that's a great preparation for adulthood. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, then I'm just going to go scream and cry right now then. <laughs> Thank you. I think so. I really wanted to. that job, okay? I, I really, did. really, 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 really did. And I didn't get it, and I'm really upset. And I, do you have a recording and listening practice? I do. I just ran out get of batteries. Get that recorder out. <laughs> I know. Get, well, get that recorder out. Get <laughs> the batteries it. in it. Put that recorder in the in the right hand, and let her just just say everything that she feels about that. And then do the left-handed thing where you listen to her express herself, and then you know if. As a as a good friend and a uh, uh, a source of of wise counsel, you can let her know that she is absolutely unconditionally loved, exactly as she is. All right. Which is what the which is what you want for your children, right? Not yes. for them to become little pretzels trying to be the perfect person, but that they are lovable, 
unconditionally lovable exactly as they are and you will help them to fit to make their way through the world uh, in a way that is as kind as compassionate um, and loving as it's possible for a human being to be because that's what will make them happy okay. it's your job mom okay you can do this Get hey on it's it right great now. to hear from you try not to uh, be gone for another five years okay Okay, I'll try. I'll, I'll be here. I'll be back. <laughs> thanks, thanks, okay, good. Good night, everyone. Good All night, right. everyone. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks. Good night. Bye. Thanks for joining us, Dietra. And wow, Sherry, that another fabulous conversation. And I'm going to take in all of those <laughs> parenting messages too. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just yeah, I just I love parenting. I I really should be out there adopting children to. Click <laughs> 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 this on. <laughs> oh dear! All right. And well, thank you, Michael. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, and thank everyone. And go happy. Go happy. <laughs>